Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What Happy Tuesday. It's always fun doing what we just did, by the way. And yeah, we'll get to t- Tuesday in a second. Um, we just had to record some things. We're going to be like in the, uh, what is it before? The theaters, right? The commercials before a movie. Commercials before a movie. So they had us do things, which it, I don't know. It's not really in my comfort zone to film things, being somebody who's on radio all the time. Right. It's not a, totally out of my comfort zone, but we just came from that. It went well, though. Yeah, it did go well, actually. And, and just and think quick, of all the quick. people that are going, oh, this is the best thing about video instead of lot. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I don't know how you television people do it. I really don't know how you go in two hours before you're on the air to sit for hair and makeup and scripts and stuff like that. I mean, hey, here and on the radio show, we sit, we go. It's like literally Mike's on. I mean, there's prep involved, of course, but then like Mike's on. Well, Mike's on. Let's go. Let's do this thing. You don't have to like double check. Do we like that? Do we retake? There's no retakes. No. There's no. D- and even on the podcast, even though we're recording this to put out, we don't do any retakes here. We, that's why we fuck up occasionally and you'll hear it. And that's OK. I just I love that aspect. But anyway, we just had to uh, do a little filming de- dealio. It wasn't that bad, though. It actually wasn't that bad. I disagree, but okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, it's actually, okay, we're having a super uncomfortable day today because I, I have to think this was a scheduled thing. You know, when you do the annual switch, when you switch your furnace from heat to cool, happens every year in the spring. Uh, somebody, for whatever reason, decided February 22nd was the day to do it, and there's nobody that can fix it in the office until after 9. So when we came in this morning at like 4.30, the air conditioning was on. It blasting, not just on. It was on as if it was a heat wave in July. Yeah. It was one of the most uncomfortable mornings I've ever, ever had. And it's happened to me before in the studio. It, you know what the problem is, too? I just talked to one of our lovely engineers who this is the worst thing you can hear. When you're facing an issue and you, you count on the people to fix the things and they tell you, yeah, there's really nothing we can do until later today. You know you're fucked. And yep. usually when you do a morning show, you're the first one through the door. And like Scott said, a lot of people start at 9 o'clock. That's the majority of the world starts their day right around 9, maybe a little bit later even. So when you need to get things done and you rely on other people, sometimes you're just stuck with whatever you've got until those other people work. And it's totally understandable. But I guess in this particular case, something has to be fixed on the roof of the building. Oh, that's good. So they actually have to have someone come up and look out the roof. So it's not going to be a fun day for anybody here. Well, I'm not optimistic that's going to be fixed for tomorrow either. You should bring a parka. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Did you have a good family day before I, we get into all the content? I had a great family day. I actually do celebrate family day with my family. We've done that for, I think, since family day became a thing many year, several years ago now. Um, we get together and I went to my mom's and dad's for uh, breakfast with my brother and sister and all our families. And then we decided to go. Great spot in Kitchener was open for something for the kids to do. Like, thank goodness, right? Because in the dead of winter, if you don't, other than playing outside, which you could do, there's not much going on. Well, we're potty training our youngest. 
And she's doing great. She's doing really, really well, actually. It's only it's been less than a week since we had her just full out in underwear. Let's go, right? So we go to it's called Funworks. It's at a place called Bingham's. If you haven't heard of it and you want to make a trip to Kitchener, great spot. It's like an indoor arcade, right? Arcade. There's a giant play structure. They've got a kingpin bowling in there and they've got Boston pizza. So it's like an all-in-one full-out adventure. And in the summertime, there's a water park outdoors and a big splash area. Um, splash pad for little ones. Fine. So we go to the Funworks first and let them get their jollies out running around. And I thought, this is great. My youngest is doing so good. We went to the bathroom. Everything was fine. Go back to Boston Pizza, grab some food, and then we're like, are we going to play some more? Because they're allowed to go back in again. It's an all-day situation. Yeah, let's let them go back in and play. That's where I should have said, no, let's go home. Because my youngest um, beat herself right there in the middle of the play structure area. But it wasn't even like she could have done it hidden off to the side. There's like a bench. It's like the parents' bench hangout area where parents are usually all on their phones. Right. Sometimes talking to one another. Pretending to watch their kids. Pretending to watch their yes. children. Really not being able to see if they're there or here or where the hell they are. Just hoping that they don't hear a child scream. Wondering if they can tell everybody to please keep it down because they've got a headache. You know, I've seen that area. <laughs> Hung over to shit. Yep. That kind of thing. So right in front of that area. Mama? Oh, yes. Do you have to pee? Oh, you're, you're doing it now. It's happening right now. So I said to my husband, pick her up. Pick her up. I'll get the other one. <laughs> he had to pick her up and take her out. Oh, no. <laughs> but you know what? We learned a good lesson, us and and her as well. She didn't like that feeling. And I thought, well, then stop peeing your pants. And then you won't have that feeling. That's no, a good way to teach him, Kat. Got <laughs> a girl. No, she did good. It was actually pretty funny. And then my husband was mad because he had a brand new sweater on. And then he had to get it. He has to get it dry clean now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's so- covered in pee. So that anyway, that was the gist of of my family day. Did you have it? Hey, it's not a party unless someone pees their pants. Did someone pee their pants around you? You know, it's entirely possible. The hot tub was going. <laughs> See? <laughs> See, you never know. You never know. No, I uh, if family day is a weird one for me because my kids are away. I've got one in BC and another down in the States. So I I basically ordered a pizza and cooked and and made food and meal prep all day. That was my family day, right. was thinking about how hungry I was and what other things I'd like to eat throughout the week. It was wonderful. I uh, hope you guys had a great family day weekend, too. We're into the final week of February, and there is so much stuff to get to today. I, I want to talk about Ottawa, and I want to talk about perception, and I want to talk about the severity of what just happened, and I want to get to all of that. But first, this came down this morning... And I'm actually, uh, I'm pretty impressed. A very prepared moment from Premier Doug Ford. Listen to this. We are eliminating license plate renewal fees and scrapping the requirement to have license plate sticker for passenger vehicles, light duty trucks, motorcycles, and mopeds. On top of that, we're going to refund what you've paid to renew your stickers for the past two years. We're refunding all license plate sticker fees paid since March 2020. Okay. This goes further than I thought it was going to. We'd heard rumors that the province was going to stop charging for the license plate sticker, and it's an obnoxious tax. It was just an outrageous money grab. When it came in and every year we get that that gift from the premier where we got to march down to a service Ontario location and pay money for a sticker. Now, they've tried to make it more convenient in that you can do it online. Sure. 
Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. If you have fines outstanding, you still got to go to Service Ontario. If you have 407 tolls, you've still got to go. The whole thing was a useless process. And you had to pay on your birthday. It was dumb. I'm glad the province is getting rid of this because this was an unnecessary tax. And we should be looking for every unnecessary tax out there and getting rid of it. Why should we have to pay $120 a year? Everything that that money is supposed to do is already covered by one of the other Mm -hmm. taxes that we pay. Well, and I know one of the first questions, because this is the one that I had, and I agree with you. It's silly. The license plate sticker idea is stupid, and we're doing away with the whole damn thing. That's great. It's dumb. Like you said, it happens on your birthday. Dumb, dumb, dumb. But that's a source of revenue for the government of Ontario. Where are they going to make that money up? And that Mm. worries me, because I feel like if it's not coming from one area, it's going to come from another area. This is what makes me think, okay, Maybe common sense has prevailed. Governments, when they get into a shitty spot, especially with an election coming up, and there is one coming up in four months, it's actually 100 days from today is the provincial election. Governments will try and buy people's votes. In this case, I'm sure it's not a coincidence that this was announced four months before the election. But why should we... we Tell good news to fuck off. Good news is good news. We should take good news and appreciate it. If you think it's an election scam, fine. But the way the premier explained it, and he's quite right, is this is no different than when the government sends out stimulus. We just went through an incredibly crazy time for two years, and a lot of people lost money, and so many people were not eligible for the uh, financial supports Mm -hmm. that were promised. We all lost in some way. A stimulus is intended for you to get money from the government, which is actually your money, but that's a whole other story. You get money from the government, you invest it into the economy, boom, everybody wins. That's what this is. They're looking at it as a stimulus. Yeah, the government misses out on 120 bucks per driver per year. But if you take that extra 120 bucks, maybe you go out for dinner. Maybe that's another tank of gas. Maybe that's a birthday present for your mom or for your kids. It gets back into the economy. It finds a way back in. And so we're really not down as much as it might seem. There's a billion dollars in revenue that's going to be lost here. But that's only revenue specifically from the collection of sticker money. There's also a cost associated with administering that program. Absolutely. And the whole thing is stupid. So why don't we just let people keep their own money and hope that yeah. they spend it here in Ontario. Yeah, and I mean, time is money, too. And for the people working at Service Ontario, I have no doubt in my mind they're probably the happiest. Thank oh, you. Thank to, you. To eliminate that from their to-do list on a daily basis, which majority, everybody everybody knows, toward the end of a month, it gets fucking rammed at Service Ontario. Why? The license plate sticker. That's exactly why. And like Scott mentioned, yes, you can do it online. A lot of people either aren't comfortable doing it that way they are are skeptical of doing it that way, that's fine. Or they straight up can't. They have to go in regardless. For me, it doesn't work. Every time I try and access the account, I'm missing something. Well, and for whatever reason, still having to find your way in, or you have fines. But for whatever reason, getting in there, that takes people out of there. That's a good thing because people have to renew their their license and get photos taken and do all the things that really you have no choice but to go in there for. So that eliminates a lot of work for those at Service Ontario and probably frees up some time. And time ends up, they end up winning, really, by saving themselves time. Good job, Doug. Fine. Yeah, I 
I haven't said much of that lately, but he also hasn't done Fine. much good lately. So yeah, well, this is good. So you get the praise, Doug. I mean, you, do you understand the carrot and stick here that we're doing? We say good job, Doug, when you do a good job. Ah. You just keep doing a good job, and we won't have to say fuck you, Doug, anymore. This is some other things? No. Nope. Some no. things are just a travesty. Nuh-uh. Despite police spending the weekend arresting demonstrators and dispersing blockades on Ottawa's streets, Prime Minister Trudeau says his government is worried the blockades will reform in Ottawa and at the ports of entry. Trudeau made the comments yesterday after weeks of protesting in Ottawa. The public safety minister, Marco Mendicino, said a number of people associated with the protest are still in the Ottawa area. Trudeau added that a convoy from Fort McMurray was heading to Ottawa, and it was turned away at the Manitoba border. Last night, in what was one of the saddest things I've seen out of this government, they passed a motion to approve the extraordinary measures of the Emergencies Act, which the Prime Minister invoked last week to end the Freedom Convoy blockades Mm -hmm. in Ottawa and at border crossings. The motion passed with the New Democratic Party voting with the minority liberals. The Conservatives and the Bloc Québécois opposed it. The measures are going to be in place with us now until at least the middle of March. What the Emergencies Act does here, for those who don't know, is it allows the government to give themselves extraordinary powers that they do not typically have. It allows them to bypass most of the checks and balances that are on government to make sure they don't abuse their people or their authority. It takes away judicial oversight or at least the speediness of judicial oversight. It allows very arbitrary decisions about your rights to be made. This is Justin Trudeau giving himself more power than any other leader in the world of a democracy. This is Justin Trudeau giving himself not just the power to enforce these these things in the Emergencies Act, but it allows him to be punitive. It allows him to not just clean up the mess because the mess is cleaned. Long before this act was even invoked, The border crossings were cleaning up. They were with what Doug imposed with the Ontario state of emergency. The protests in Ottawa, those police did not need any other authority that they didn't already have to clean up that protest. In fact, if they'd done exactly what they did after the first weekend, we wouldn't be here and we wouldn't be having this conversation. This is 100% about Justin Trudeau failing to act and then creating a divide, creating a wedge. Give him the Emergencies Act. Let me play just a little bit of the Prime Minister from yesterday talking about this unprecedented use of the Emergency Act never before used in Canadian history. Bonjour tout le monde. Hello everyone. Je suis accompagné aujourd'hui de la vice-première ministre Freeland et des ministres Lametti, Mendicino et Blair. These past weeks have been incredibly difficult for the people of our capital city, and they've been stressful and disturbing for all Canadians. The situation is not anything anyone wanted, and quite frankly, not anything we'd want to see again. But after weeks of dangerous, 
and unlawful activities, after weeks of people being harassed in their neighborhoods and small businesses forced to close, after billions of dollars were stalled in trade, putting people's jobs and livelihoods at risk, after the National War Memorial was desecrated, after evidence of increased ideologically motivated violent extremism activity across the country. I, I, I'm not even going to go on with this. I, I'm so disgusted that in plain sight, in front of all of us, we all saw how they cleaned up the situation at the Ambassador Bridge. We saw how they cleaned it up in Coots, Alberta. We saw how they cleaned it up elsewhere. We knew that there were a massive amount of police officers in Ottawa ready to respond. And once they got rid of the old chief and the new guy came in, that was a no fucking around kind of guy. Chief Bell seems to have this well in hand. They didn't need extra powers, but you know what Trudeau wanted? And Christian Freeland has already said it'll be permanent was the banking ability. They want that ability to go through your accounts, to be able to freeze your accounts if you are doing anything with your money that they don't like. Arbitrarily, your account can be frozen if you've been linked to this protest. And it's vindictiveness. The police said, oh, yeah, 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 we're here and we're going to clear out this protest, but if you leave, you can leave on your own. You won't get arrested. Some people did that. They took the police at their word and said, oh, okay, all right, well, I've overstayed my welcome. I'm out of here. Then they announced they were going to go and find you. They were going to go through surveillance footage and run license plates and talk to who they had to talk to. Just because you left when they told you to doesn't mean you're off the hook. Well, but if you did something bad, if you did something dangerous, bad, we're hearing a lot of side stories about shit that could have possibly gone wrong. Maybe there's more to it. They're not going to tell us everything. Don't you think that that's perfectly fine to be in place? I'm good with it. I'm going to put it on record. I'm fine with it being in place. Totally. Because if something that needs to be found out, I'm glad that we're going to have the ability to find out. And don't forget, it got voted through. Uh, NDP, I know, is in full support. I've, conservatives don't like it. Is that correct? They don't like it. The NDP is not in full support. Okay, well, they voted. They voted with it. They, they said reluctantly. Of course, they, they still voted with it. I reluctantly well, vote for people every fucking time there's a vote. It doesn't mean that I didn't vote for them. I voted for them. The, the NDP doesn't want an election right now because they can't afford one. I mean, we almost don't even need the NDP anymore. They've made themselves completely obsolete. It's just a, a further left-wing arm of the Liberal Party. That's all it is. I, I'm good with them. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm glad that they're going to f- potentially find things out by using this act that they otherwise wouldn't know. I know there's people who are like, ah, but we have the freedom to do things. Not if you're doing terribly illegal shit, which is possible, right? It's possible they're going to find that you, that if someone's a part of it that did that or had a plan to do that, good. Find them, lock them up if that's the case. If something comes out where they're locking up somebody that doesn't need to be locked out, that did absolutely nothing wrong, well, in that case, we take a look at it. But otherwise, I'm good with it. Seek it out. I know you dislike Trudeau, so that's really, I don't know if that's the main reason why you disagree with it. And if someone else was in power, you would agree with it. And I'm just, I'm just asking if it's mainly because it's Trudeau or just generally speaking, you're not a fan of the act. Yeah, it's something that is for an emergency. There's not a single person that can explain why this was an emergency that required powers for them to freeze bank accounts. Where did the money from the truckers come from? Uh, We can have a conversation about that. We should do an investigation on that. Mm -hmm. We should find out if there's foreign interference. And while we're doing that, let's go see about the other foreign interference. Let's talk about how much foreign money comes into Canada to influence things like elections. Let's have that conversation, Justin. In fact, 
Let's definitely have that conversation, Justin. But I don't think you want to have that one. When it comes to arbitrarily freezing bank accounts over this, mm, I don't know that uh, there's many people who even understand that that could be considered legal. But it is when you've got this emergency mm-hmm. act. Well, in the place. emergency act wouldn't have been there if there wasn't a need for an emergency act. And uh, uh, again, he has every power to do it. It got voted through. Like I don't know. Like to me, that's fair game. Like I, I don't love a lot of the things that happen in politics, but he's doing all the things that some people. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate because I know a lot of people right now are saying he's doing exactly what he should be. He's a leader. He's not supposed to falter. He's not supposed to seem weak. He is supposed to lead. And if he feels like this is right for the majority of Canadians, then he's going to do it. And there's going to be people that hate it, but there's going to be people that hate him no matter what the fuck he does. Why do you think it was necessary to give police more powers? Like you saw them clear the ambassador bridge just fine. What other powers did they need and did they even use in Ottawa? I don't. Why did they actually need to be able to have the Emergencies Act in place for this? Yeah, I don't know who they, they probably needed the ability to uh, take people into custody whom otherwise they wouldn't just to find out that information in case there's fleeing. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I yeah. couldn't t- like, I, I don't know, but I don't know enough about it to tell you exactly why they need more or the actual reasons. Or if it's not just about that, it's about other things that the Emergencies Act allows. I trust that there's things that they know that they're not going to outright tell the public or, sorry, things that they believe might be happening behind the scenes that we don't know about. I just... You know, whatever. Why would uh, Tamara Leach, that's the only one I know of so far. She's the one of the lead organizers of this protest. Why would she be denied bail? There are honest to God cop killers out there. People who have shot somebody with a gun that are out on bail. Oh, our system's fucked, though. I mean, there generally are- speaking, our system is absolutely off balance and outrageous when it comes to bailing. Absolutely outrageous. So I don't like it in any in any way, shape, or form. But I don't understand how they allow people out, that they allow out, and why they allow and why they don't allow people out. I, I don't know, but our system's fucked in that area. Denying her bail. I, I <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know what's going on anymore in Canada. I, I really can't figure it out. And, and, well, maybe you're right. Maybe something will come out down the line that we don't know now. But at the end of the day, as we sit here on 2-2-22, Tuesday, as we sit here today, there's nothing in the Emergencies Act that made police uh, have an easier time with this. They can certainly do a more thorough investigation. Whether or not that's right, I don't know. This is going to the courts, and that's probably where it should have been decided anyway. We can't count on the House of Commons to get anything right because our political system is so broken. Justin Trudeau is the prime minister that warned about this prime minister in 2022 back in 2015. When Justin was running for office, he warned Stephen Harper. He'll be the guy that'll have cops in the street and taking away your civil liberties. Well, it's amazing what happens seven years later. Uh, the fact that this was extended, we shouldn't be surprised about it. The courts will have the final say on whether or not this is legal. Fine. Denying bail to one of the protest organizers. I, I, again, we have laws. Uh, if Tamara there were given an assurity and she violated the terms of her bail, she would lose her money. Okay. And then she'd go to jail. But given that we give murderers and all kinds of other very unsavory individuals bail, basically no questions asked. You have a few conditions, you put some money down, 
you come back for your court date. I don't understand why she wouldn't be given bail. Pat King later on today is likely not going to get bail. And frankly, it's crazy to me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know what we're doing anymore here. I mean, this is shocking. The Emergencies Act is intended for, uh, if we get attacked, it's for a wartime situation. This wasn't a war. The government's business was still being done. Parliament wasn't overrun. The street in front of it was. Wellington Street was blocked. Certainly, parking issues. Certainly, nuisance. Certainly, that was a protest that should have been broken up long before it actually was. But to use the Emergencies Act to do that, there, there was nothing in there that the police needed. But tr- Justin's vindictive. He wants to fight. He wants to keep it going. And by the way, if the NDP had done the right thing yesterday and said, listen, you said you needed it, you used it, streets are clear, borders are open, bring it back if there's another emergency in the future, but we're not keeping this in place for another month just in case. It's not necessary. The NDP didn't take that common sense route. They decided again to side with the government. And now it's with us until at least the middle of March. Bank account investigations, frozen accounts, assets. It's shocking to me that this has happened, particularly when we could all see plain as day that there was no emergency. Yeah, it was horrible for the people of Ottawa. It needed to be cleared. That's a police operation. Police can go in and clear it, huh? just like they did. I, I honestly don't know what to say about what's happening in Canada right now, but it really concerns me. Uh, certain things that we have that are meant to be the check and balance shouldn't be used unless they absolutely need to be. The Emergencies Act, that's for an emergency. The notwithstanding clause. Fuck, we use that on election advertising legislation. It's shocking to me that we're just willy-nilly, very casually, taking some of these things that we hold sacred as part of our founding documents and just throwing them around for a political opportunity. There was no emergency. There is no emergency. And to use this on that, to make it a political issue, to threaten and then not even confirm whether or not it's a confidence vote. What what happened in Ottawa this weekend was... uh, It needed to be done. I know there's a lot of people that are saying things like police brutality. I haven't seen all the videos. I've seen some and some of them don't look good. But at the end of the day, people were warned. You've got to get out of there or this is going to happen. And they didn't leave. So I'm I'd have to see an individual video to weigh in on an individual situation. But I, I don't really think the police were involved in police brutality. They were given a job to clear the street and they did it. For the most part, fairly peacefully, most people just gave up and went home. And that's fine. That's where they should be. I'm not going to blame the police for this. They were in a shitty spot to begin with. They did their job. Once they got some leadership and they cleared the street. That's good. That's all there is to it. So what happens now, Cat? Now what do we do? Are we waiting for another protest to happen or are we back to normal? And when are we going to have that conversation that was supposed to start with this convoy? It's time to end the mandates. Because we're no closer to that 
than we were when the protest started. If you end up backing the fuck off, you might find that they're going to end quick. That's how I feel. Because if it really is, if that tension is really built up between, well, I'm the fucking leader, I'm right, and you guys are wrong, I'm going to go ahead and invoke this emergency act or whatever to make you realize I have power. If there's some backing off on the other end, maybe that's the answer. Back off a little bit, give a little wiggle room, and then maybe, okay, you backed off. Now I'll do it. You know, you might find it happens quicker. Maybe. I'm just saying it's a maybe because I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm a little afraid to figure it out. Yeah, I... uh... This country desperately needs to look in the mirror. We need to ask ourselves who we are and what we're doing and where we're going here because certain things are happening like this that the rest of the world is looking at Canada and they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing? The the international media is looking at Canada right now and they're looking at us like we're some sort of a banana republic. Was there ever a threat? And, and this is another thing that... that Justin and Jagmeet like to say was the justification for it because these people wanted to topple a democratically elected government. Was that actually a threat? Is there a single person on earth that thinks that convoy of truckers could overthrow the government? They didn't even get to the lawn. They were on the street in front of parliament. You think that they were going to overthrow the government and assert themselves as an occupying force. Well, that's why you wonder if there's more to it. That's why you, if you wonder if there's more happening underneath or that we don't really see or they were worried about what may happen where they could potentially threaten the livelihood of people. Well, I mean, aside from money-wise and tying up the border, but that's not what we're talking about, specifically in front of Parliament. Maybe there's stuff we don't know. Like I said, I just kind of trust that maybe we're going to find some things out that's going to make everyone go, oh, well, fuck. I mean, you still might not think it's right, but at least they found that out. Maybe not, and maybe not. But we don't know. We don't know. You don't know. I don't know. One more quick thing on this, because we haven't talked about it in a few weeks, but uh, I just got the daily COVID numbers. I should unsubscribe from this because it doesn't really matter anymore. But the ICU patients down to 319 COVID hospitalizations, 1,038. Okay. Wow. I just want to say, and I don't want to rub salt in the wound here. Or take a victory lap. But I do want to point out, once again, the modeling was wrong. (laughs) The modeling was wrong again. And when we shut down in January for that month or five weeks or whatever it was... It was because the modeling said it would get horrible and it didn't get horrible. And the hospitals were key when we talked about the modeling, right? Like the hospital was key for us for when we talked about it for a lot of people. That's what we were looking at. And it's not as bad as predicted. I don't know. At what point do you just say, okay, like I know we've loosened up some restrictions, but I don't know, Scott, are we that far away from just taking that mask mandate and just throwing it in the garbage? I mean, all the indicators are by the middle of March, the masks will be gone. I'm thinking when you go away for March break, no masks. I'm thinking the same thing. It's really going that way. COVID is ending extremely quickly. And there's a lot of people who are uncomfortable with that. Yes. There are people out there. and, And to me, this is crazy. But there are people out there that have become so accustomed to being told how to run their lives that in a way they're going to miss it. They're going to miss when Doug and Christine come out and say, you must do this. You can't go here. You may go there. You can't go there. They're going to miss that shit. And I, I don't understand it. There's people who are just so afraid of COVID. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be afraid of COVID. If you have a fear, you have a fear. Yeah. I can't help how you feel. But I, I, 
the ones who are just desperately hanging on to keep this relevant, you can see in some of those social media personalities and doctors, they, they really want to keep this going and make it seem like there's a clear and present danger. But again, just like in Ottawa there, there is no clear and present danger here. Uh, We're down to 300 COVID patients in the ICU. That's 300 too many. Hopefully they all make a full recovery. Absolutely. But there's no provincial emergency when it comes to COVID-19 here. It's just become one of these things. And I have had a lot of people I know who've had it and it passes through their family. And it just reminds me of any other illness that passes through the family. And I do feel I know there's some who, who suffer from long COVID. There's still a lot about COVID in particular. We don't know a lot about Um, especially when it comes to long COVID and people experiencing these symptoms for months. Uh, That's, you know, that sucks. And there's a lot of research being done to figure that out and make sure that it's not actually going to impact you health-wise long-term. So it's still very important to avoid getting sick. And you're right. There are people who are hearing this and going, well, what do I do with my life if they tell me anything goes? Like, holy shit. I mean, I I have a good friend that still has like trouble leaving the house over this. She also had a little bit of hypochondria going into it, so that doesn't help. But it's it, it is true. We do have to stop, step back, and when it when it does come a time where their mask mandates are gone here, perhaps that's going to be around March break. You're right. Maybe it's going to be just after March break. Maybe it's going to be April first. Who knows? When it happens, maybe make it April second, so nobody thinks it's a joke. When it does happen, you do have to evaluate you. Hey, what do you think, though? Do you want to continue wearing masks? What makes you comfortable? Do you want to go into this place? Are you comfortable going to the theater? Are you comfortable dining out? And decide for yourself. You're absolutely right. But giving people the ability and the freedoms to do that, I think, is going to be so important as we look at these hospital numbers, which, again, is so important. Bold underline how run down are our hospitals. And I know we could talk about the government while we talk about that. But leaving that aside, those workers who are in those ICUs and seeing what they see every day, it's getting a little bit better So I don't know. That to me is every indication that we can kind of chill out a little bit. I think we have to chill out. It's time to take your foot off the COVID gas, everybody. It's time to celebrate the fact that warmer weather's on the way and life is slowly getting back to normal. There's still some completely nonsensical rules in place, and hopefully the government deals with those. They're they're making a slight change at the end of this week on coming into Canada and that you don't need a PCR test. You still need a test. I, I thought we'd agreed that we, we're not stopping COVID at the border. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So why we're doing this is beyond me, unless there's some sort of a deal with these labs that we have to well, pay them a certain amount. So it's rapid. Is it rapid test? Is yeah, that it's correct? a rapid test. See, we know someone. We know someone who recently came back from a vacation. You know, same old story as you hear. Oh, happened to come back and I test positive. It's, I don't know what the point is either because really you're told, okay, go home and isolate. Mm-hmm. Cool. Report to who you have to report to. For your work, for example, or in your life, maybe that you happen to see in the last little while or that you might see. Great. But otherwise, I don't understand. I mean, we don't want to spread anything around, but I feel like it's probably around us everywhere we go anyway. And there's no mandatory. You got to, you know, isolate in that shitty hotels that they had. I mean, that's all gone. So, But that was a thing. We were rounding people up and sticking them in government facilities. (laughs) Yes, we were. A year ago. Yes, That we was were. a thing from yes. this government. Yes. You know, I mean, when you think about all the dumb shit that's happened in the last two years, all for it to end up where we are today, where even the chief medical officers are like, you can probably drop this shit. Yeah. We don't need it anymore. Even the chief medical officers are saying we have to learn to live with it. Yeah. 
We've been saying that for two years. Guys- what took you guys so long to figure that out? But it's hilarious when you look on the outside in. It's hilarious. If you and, and people listening right now, we all know somebody, maybe they live in the States. Maybe it's a different country uh, outside of North America altogether. But they hear that we still have these measures in place, even even the loosened ones that we have now. And they go, what? It's embarrassing. It's very confusing to them that we, wait a minute, you locked down more than that one time in March of 2020? Like for a lot of places around the world. Four fucking yeah, times. Well, for a lot of places around the world, it was, just so everyone knows, it was the one time. It was the one time we all stayed pretty quiet, calm, few weeks, and here, no. Still, we have a lot of shit shut off to us. And business is closed because of it and everything. All those other impacts were in other places in the world. And you catch COVID and you move on. And I'll go ahead just because this is what I do for a living. But I'll use celebrity uh, celebrity as an example. You know, you had the NBA. I don't know if you watch any of the NBA All-Star Weekend. I was glued to it for the first couple of nights, especially watching the celebrity game and watching the skills uh, competition and stuff like that. And you look around the crowds and not a one person wears a mask. Not a one person gives a shit. Nope. Super Bowl, same thing goes, right? You saw that when they panned to the crowd. Sure, absolutely, there's the odd person in masks, which is the way it's going to inevitably be here, right? You're going to see the odd person in Walmart wearing a mask. Can't blame you, I might too. The odd person here and there doing their thing, trying to stay distant from people, but still able to go out. That's great. Here, it's so different. It's just, it's amazing. And there, if you catch COVID, um, you know, Justin Bieber and his whole crew, for example, on his tour, I said that had this story this morning, they ca- caught COVID and they just, okay, yeah, we're just going to postpone this show back at it later on this week though. No problem. It's like life takes a pause when you're sick. Life takes a pause when you're sick and then you keep moving for some people. Of course we know that that's not going to be the case for some people. There's, it, it could be deadly and that's horrible, but that's where you have to measure what's comfortable for you and what's not. Yeah, I, and this is part of the reason that the world is watching this trucker convoy, and it was worldwide news. They were watching it, and then they hear things like some of these insane measures that we still have in place, and that's why they were like, well, I don't blame them for protesting. That's yeah. crazy, because a lot of countries don't have a lot of the shit that we're dealing with here. Hey, listen, the truckers, at the absolute least, started a conversation about ending these mandates and getting back to life, about doing what the government itself said we need to do, learn to live with it. It's going to get treated like we treat the flu, like we treat many other things throughout a year. It's just going to have to change, and they're going to have to let go of some of the power. These testing requirements at the border are useless, like actually useless, other than to cost people money and inconvenience them, particularly for Canadian citizens. Hey, listen, if some foreign national wants to come to Canada from God knows where, and we want to have some policy that you have to have a rapid test before you get on the flight, I could probably live with that. But if I want to take my family of four down to Disney World for spring break, why the fuck am I looking around for labs in Orlando to try and get tested and pay for those tests just to come back here and likely get tested again because we've got to keep that up and keep paying these labs all that money? Why? We can't stop COVID at the border. Stop this shit. The mask mandate, I think, is the last thing that Ontario will lose. The vax passports are gone in six days. Yeah, a little bit to go. Six days to go (laughs) with these vax passports. I have a feeling March 1st is going to be a busy one in the restaurants. There's a lot of people who are ready to go out. 
Um, actually, before we move on, let me just quickly get your take on this because I don't know if this is going to be a trend or if these people are about to lose their business, but a Regina restaurant has created a seating section only for those who are vaccinated, separating them from the unvaccinated. Oh, it's called the Bushwhacker. <laughs> it just sounds like a total fucking dive. <laughs> I'm a bachelor party at the old Bushwhacker. The Bushwhacker's bar manager, Brent Frew, says it was done following the request of customers. Unvaccinated patrons can still dine in the restaurant, but are limited to the pub's main room only, which is also open to the vaccinated. So you got your two shots, and if you walk into a restaurant and they ask you, even though there's no mandates in six days. That's interesting. Hey, would you like to sit in the vaxxed or the unvaxxed section? Really? Like we know. Are we seriously going to do segregation like that? Like we're all allowed to be together, but we're still going to divide. Are we really going to go down that fucking road? We know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I understand. There's people. Again, we talked about those very um, afraid. Those who are very afraid, and maybe they still believe that. Maybe there is a small portion of the population that still believes. Well, I'm double vaxxed, so I'm not going to catch COVID, or or I've got my booster. I'm not going to catch COVID for sure. I don't want to be around those who can catch COVID. No, you still can. We all know this. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. Uh, that's, that's crazy. Maybe they just wanted a little extra publicity. Maybe it's possible. I don't know if, if they're going to like the publicity they get. Yeah, I don't think so that's either. That's in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, we're so low on time, but there's many, many things that I want to try and squeeze into this podcast. So I'm going to do a couple of headlines. We can have a quick chat. If you need to know more, you let me know. First off, this woman has gone to Reddit and the am I an asshole section. (laughs) I love that section. She wants to know if she's in the right here. She's been dating a guy for four months now. They went to a restaurant. And by the way, the guy claims that this is acceptable in America. People don't give a shit. He brings a bell with him so that he can get the attention he requires when he's in a restaurant. So they go in, they sit down, and hey, would you like me to start with, how about some bread for the table? And would you like some waters? Great. We'll give you a few minutes with the drink menu. Great. No problem. Let's say that server doesn't come back right away. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. He starts ringing the bell. She thinks that's rude. They've had fights about it. But nothing has changed. He's still using the bell. I can't believe that she's still with someone like that. I mean, that's me personally. That's me personally. I that that hits a little close to home as someone who has worked in in the industry before. D- to use a bell, that's just so demeaning. It is just so demeaning. That's terrible. Like, what kind of a piece of shit doesn't think that way? It's true. Because that's the thing. I think he's lacking any type of judgment to think. Well, it's not. I'm just trying to get their attention. You might as well do this. Clap at them, whistle, and by the way, I've seen that all. I've seen it all. Whistle. Really? Yeah, get over here. Get over here. You know, seriously, you need to fuck. You need to bring props. You need to bring props when you dine out. You're an ultimate asshole. Congratulations. Yeah. I can't believe, by the way. Obviously, she's not an asshole. Is my answer to this, but I can't believe that they they're still together. Four months. That's what's happening in four months. Could you imagine what he brings out in a year? Fuck that guy. Peace out. You shouldn't be allowed in restaurants. No, We're going to pull your Vax passport, you son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Get the fuck out. A Starbucks barista in Texas was concerned that a teenager may have been in danger and came to her rescue by writing a message to her on a Starbucks cup. The story is being told by the girl's mom. 
Brandy praised the employee for stepping in when her 18-year-old daughter was approached by a man while she was at the Starbucks. So the daughter went to Starbucks, had her laptop out. She was doing some homework. Guy came in and started up a conversation. Okay, dude. I don't know how old this guy was, but apparently he was nowhere close to her and he was probably trying to pick up. Maybe he saw an opportunity in a vulnerable uh, teenage girl that was sitting there at Starbucks. I don't know who would try and exploit that, but there's pieces of shit out there. So the people at Starbucks noticed this too, and obviously there was something weird about this guy because they didn't like it. So the barista went over and set a cup down in front of the girl. And on the cup was a note that said, let me see if I can get the exact text for you. Are you okay? Do you need us to intervene? If you do, take the lid off the cup. That's a lot to write on a cup. Sure. She looked up and all of the employees were there staring at her, just waiting for her to say the word, to take the lid off the cup. And they were going to jump in and get rid of this creepy old dude that was trying to hit on an 18-year-old girl. They brought it over to her and said, ah, somebody forgot to pick up a hot chocolate. Here you go. You have it. That was how they made it seem normal. The fact that they did that, I think, is incredible. Now, it wasn't necessary in the end. The girl was able to handle herself, and the guy went away and left her alone. Happy, happy, good, good. No problem there. But the fact that there's people out there watching for other people, that's what I take away from this story, in that there's still very good things about our society. There's still some glue that holds us together. And the fact that we're concerned about a complete stranger that could be in a bad situation... That gives me hope. Yeah. I love that. We need to watch out for one another. I mean, that that rule goes anytime. And when you're in, uh, maybe you're working in an environment like that. And even if you're a bystander in an environment like that, another customer, for example, if, if it looks like someone could, needs your help, it is it's so nice and it can be so impactful to just check in on them in whatever way. Maybe you have to do it secretly like they did. Maybe you're whatever, you are happen to be out and you spot something that just doesn't seem right. You can check in on the other person. I just think it's nice when people check in on other people. I think it's so important. And in this case... I love to hear that. That's a great story. Working in clubs, right? I mean, you and I have worked in clubs many years doing what we do. We do like MC stuff, well, at least pre-COVID. Uh, and that's the the times where I notice things like that more because I'm sober in those environments. And then I'm watching some shit go down that I think this looks a little shady. So checking in on someone or just being like, are you okay? Are you good? Even like a simple thing like that. And we've heard stories before about bartenders doing the same thing for people, just double checking I love that. Check in on each other. Uh, I do want to talk about first dates in a second, but just quickly, it it happened again. Um, Massachusetts man has been arrested for trying to enter the tiger enclosure at the Franklin Park Zoo. When state police caught him and questioned him, the 24-year-old, his name is Matthew, says he scaled several fences and did ignore the warning signs. Because he was very interested in tigers. He just likes tigers? He likes tigers, so he wanted to go into the tiger enclosure oh. at the zoo. Why, why can't you just like, uh, why, there's some great National Geographic shit. Why can't you just watch that? Why do you have to physically go? Um, or go to the zoo when it's open and pay the admission like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, listen, <laughs> I, what I don't like about this story, well, there's a lot I don't like about this story, but the one thing in particular is, Let's say this guy managed to get all the way into the enclosure and the worst happened and the tiger ate him. 
<laughs> like ripped his head off and played with it like a ball. They would shoot the tiger. Zoo staff would go in and they would euthanize the tiger, even though the tiger wasn't out and amongst the, the public. The public came to the tiger. They would still kill the tiger. And I hate that. I almost think, fuck it. Leave the door open. And if you're stupid enough to go in there, it's just going to be party time for the tigers. Right. If you break into an enclosure, you should know help's not coming. Help is not coming. We've seen too many animals be euthanized because people tried to get in their enclosure. And it's backwards. I mean, if you're doing it on purpose, you know, it's not like, oh, shit, I fell in because something, which, by the way, depends on what zoo you're talking about. We know, we all know the story of uh, Harambe. Harambe. Yep. That's a different story. Thankfully, very, very, very rare that a child would fall into an enclosure like that. That was terrible. Horrible. But if there's an asshole that wants to physically break in to, because he needs to be face to face with a tiger, a polar bear, a gorilla, whatever it might be. I tend to agree with you, Scott. Yeah. You know what? Snacky snack snack. Come get your human snack. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, it's like a toy. This one moves and everything. It even makes noise. Yeah. Let the tiger eat them. I am so sick and tired of animals being punished because people are assholes. And they're being animals. Animals are being animals. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly who they are. We're not talking about some nuisance bear that wanders out of the bushes and gets into your trash cans. We're talking about a person that went into an animal's enclosure at a zoo, which the animal doesn't want to be at in the first place. <laughs> Do you think he'd still like tigers if he bit his head off? <laughs> what are your feelings? What are your feelings on the tigers now? Uh, so dumb. Uh, last but certainly not least, because this is all we can fit in now uh, at this point. A whole bunch of options were listed, and the question was, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable for a first date? They were asked to rank them. And no surprise, going for a coffee was ranked the number one totally acceptable thing to do on a first date. Great. Yeah. I've done that. That was my girlfriend and I's first date was we went oh, for a coffee. Perfect. You know what? It's good. It's not too expensive. It's, it can be relatively quick if you want it to be. If you want to take it somewhere else afterwards, you can. You have the option. It's, it's, it's enough. It's perfect. I'm going to suggest, by the way, even if it's going great, leave them wanting more. Leave it at the coffee right. and say, let's go, well, let's meet up again sometime right. soon. And then you can take it to lunch or dinner or whatever. The bedroom, wherever. The bell is, yeah, whatever. Hot tub. Going for a walk was number two. Going out for dinner. Going for drinks at a bar or pub. Going to a museum or art gallery. Going to a movie. All very popular, mm-hmm. but very common, very cliche. Very. Let's get into some of the other options here that people were not necessarily in agreement on whether or not they were a good first date. Can your first date be a double date with another couple? Um, I mean, it could be. Yeah, maybe you know the couple. Because we're maybe almost you... evenly split here. Like 50% really? think it's a good idea, 50% well, don't. Because I think it does matter. There's a, I think there's gray area there. I don't think that's a black and white situation because I think there's the gray area would be Who's the other couple? Do does is His there parents. one? Yeah, like, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? But it could be—is one person left out by doing that? You know, is this? Oh yeah, we're gonna go on a date with my friends, my my buddy and his and his wife. You'll get along fine, but you maybe you don't. It's kind of awkward because it's not even—it's not just a first date; it's a first meetup altogether. Like for your first time meeting, you know, let's say his friend and and his friend's girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or whatever it is, your first time meeting all of them too. That's a lot of pressure. I feel like that's too much pressure for a first date. Going shopping. Hey, let's go and walk around the mall. 
That is the dumbest date. In my opinion, my personal opinion, the, a date around the mall, what are we, 14? Um, you know, the mall has options. And what if I, what, what if I just say, hey, listen, let's go first date. I'll tell you what, I do have to uh, drop off my iPad at the Apple store. Can we go to the mall? Maybe we can do a little shopping, walk around for a little bit. Is that a good way to bring it up? That's a first date. That's not, no, don't take her to run your fucking errands with you. That's terrible. And then I'm going to stop at the dry cleaner and. (laughs) Gotta go to HMV and pick up a CD. You want to come with me? (laughs) <laughs> Check a box, yes or no. To me, I just, and also just for me, shopping, I like to shop by myself. I don't like shopping with anybody. I like when I am on a mission to shop, I shop. Shop is not part of a date. No, I take that out of the equation altogether. It's actually fairly evenly split. 58% say that's an acceptable first date. 10% don't know, and about 33% say absolutely not. No shopping dates. Who buys? It's a first date. If I'm out with my girlfriend, for example, and she sees, I don't know, new shoes that she likes, I'm happy to buy her those new shoes. But we're in a relationship. So yeah, what if this is our first date and she sees, uh, I don't know, a new handbag that she likes? Do I let her pay for it? Should I bail when she's going to take it up to the register? Oh, cool. I'll meet you outside. I'm going to go pee. This is why there's too many variables. It's too awkward, no, right? There's too many variables. Too, oh, too awkward. The money is a total. Yeah, imagine it's it's awkward enough if you're on a first date and you really haven't um, solidified who's going to pay that bill. And when the bill co- the check comes, you look at each other awkwardly. That's awkward enough. One bill. Could you imagine going like store to store and having that awkward moment? Of like, no, no, no. I'm going to buy it. I wanted this. It's mine. Like I, again, the whole thing's just weird to me. Like I'll take you to Shoppers Drug Mart and buy some tampons. Come on, let's go. First date, baby. It's just weird. No shopping involved. I don't like it. This one is very polarizing. 49% said it's totally acceptable. And the rest said it is unacceptable. Doing a physical activity like taking a gym class (laughs) or going swimming. (laughs) What? Swimming, you say. A first date? Hey, let's go to a public pool for our first date. That is the least sexy thing you could possibly come up with. Get the actual fuck out of here. I have a buy one admission, get one free at the YMCA. Can I take you out? Oh, there's a family swim tonight at six. (laughs) You can call me Gloria and all of the the ladies that do the senior swim after. They're delightful. Come on. Who wants to go and get public pool water all over their body on a first date? I don't want to ever go do a public pool for a date let alone a first date there's nothing about that that's comfortable let me just go into the change room and get changed and throw my shit in a locker and hope it doesn't get stolen this is a great first date let me just fucking pin this key on my swimsuit (laughs) (laughs) what do you do with the wet bathing suit afterwards just chuck it or i don't know can i put this in the trunk or what do you want me to put my wet bathing suit like, let's Bob. This is fun. Let's, you want to play Marco Polo? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, it's either laps or Marco Polo. I don't know what else we're going to do in the pool. <laughs> Honestly, I'd leave for the change rooms and never come back. Oh, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't see. And okay, the physical activity. Let's be let's be real, though. There's there are some activities that might be sexy, you know, going for a hike. And maybe you know that person's a physically fit person. 
Great. So you know they're you're going to be down for a hike. Great. A hike, cute. A walk, a long walk, beautiful. Can be very, very nice. Romantic, sexy, all those things. Uh, you know, I'd even argue that if you if you met at a gym and you wanted to do uh, the spin class together as part of your date, okay. But that's a very specific situation. Sure. Otherwise, no. I think we can leave that out of it too. What if they're really into yoga and they say, hey, hot yoga. Let's go do a hot yoga class, and then we'll go out for drinks. Oh, that's another situation. Now, it's a lot better than like a public pool would be. Uh, there's never a good reason. For, let, forget that we even said that. Don't even think about taking someone to a public pool on a date. Nobody's done I that, right? I implore you to please use a little bit of goddamn common sense. You don't ask a date out to go to a public pool. <laughs> It's fucking terrible. I want someone to do that, to ask it's someone It's gross, else. and you look like a prick. <laughs> Cheap fucker. A really gross, like, just, oh, gross mess. Public pool. Strike up a conversation. What conversation do you have in the pub? What do you do? Do you just, like, sit there and just tread water, like, talking about li- your life? Like, hey, look how long I-, I can hold my breath. I don't understand. I don't give what a shit. What you talk about? Like, hey, I wonder how many people peed in here, huh? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. great. This is conversations riveting. Get Jeremy, me the, go off the high dive? Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. As fast as possible. Like, unless you're Michael fucking Phelps, I'd like to get out of there immediately. Yes. Unless there's a reason why we're here. Why are we here? There are crazy people out there, though, who would do something like that, who would take the time to create a profile and inter- interact with people that, that clicked on that profile. They, they, they were good enough that they could get the person to go out on a date, but so bad at the rest of it that they took them to a public pool. Nobody does. That's the most insecure you'll ever it's feel, It's full of too. chlorine and piss. It's awful. The most... The most self-conscious most people feel is in a bathing suit, and you're just going to go right, right into that situation. Like, let me show you me in a bathing suit, awkwardly move, put my towel to the side, and jump right in. Kids fucking splash in your face with water <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, it's a hard no. Oh, you brought a bathing suit, but no fins, eh? Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you want to borrow my water wings? Embarrassing is what it is. You should be ashamed of yourselves. All right, we're going to wrap it up for today. We went a little long. We'll have a brand new episode of After 9 coming your way tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourselves a great day. And if you want to reach us, you can leave us a voicemail. You can, 519-772-4443. A cross-country skier from Finland experienced frozen penis while competing. He used it to his advantage, though, for two of the turns. He didn't even use the ski pole. Really? Yeah, it's very interesting to watch. AT&T is set tomorrow to shut down its 3G cellular network, as opposed to their 4G network, which shuts down whenever. Some business news. I saw that Family Dollar has to, had to shut down hundreds of stores due to a rat infestation at one of its warehouses. It's bad. The rats have already caused dollars in damages. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.